0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Generations Church Podcast. My name is John Grabhorn. I'm the engagement pastor here at Generations Church. I'm sitting here with Kyle Davies, the lead planner, lead pastor. Yes, and Kyle, we're sitting here in your kitchen right now in Vancouver, Washington. Let's just open this up for our viewers, kind of give them a little back history, backstory. Um, there's a lot to go through here. So just tell me, how in the world did we get here?
1: Man, I'm so glad you asked that question. Uh, This has been a long time coming, and I'm really excited about that. So how we got here? Well, we walked in uh, the house, and we sat down at the table, and we started recording. So there's, uh, there's a piece of that we could go back even further that I think... That is something that you and your parents should talk about, about how how you got here. Well, let's let's specifically go back. Let's go back
0: about two and a half, three years ago. I didn't even know you till three years ago at this point. Um, Talk about how in kind of big terms – Um, how in the world we got plugged into church planning, how we got to Vancouver, Washington, how we got connected. That's a lot of questions and a lot we're going to unpack here. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, those questions make a lot more sense. And so this journey, as you mentioned, two and a half years ago, for, for me, it went back to when Ruth and I got married. We said we would go wherever, whenever. And so we began to follow that journey in marriage. And so we left Kentucky Christian University and went to Lexington, Kentucky, where we started our first ministry. And at the conclusion of about three, three and a half years, we started to sense God calling us to something new. And we weren't quite sure what it was at that time. Center Point was a almost 10-year-old church plant at the time. Uh, we had some transitions on staff, and Ruth and I were trying to figure out Where do we fit into all of this? And it was at that moment we sensed God saying, hey, what about church planning? We came back and we discussed it with some of our mentors. And they said, you should go get assessed for church planning and learn more about it. And so we just began to take steps. And eventually the call was confirmed that we were wired and gifted for church planning. And what was crazy is at that time, we didn't know where in the world we would end up. Uh, we, we had some friends who were in Las Vegas. We had some friends in San Diego. Uh, by the time this journey is done, we had looked at all those places and God didn't open any of those doors, and, but we knew we were called to church planning. And so that took us to do, do what I call as a gap year. I went back to Kentucky Christian university and begin to work on the growth plan that my church plan. Planning assessment said, hey, here's some areas you should work on. And so I began to work on those. And that's where uh, we ended up getting connected, took a job in the admissions office, uh, very intentionally to work towards that growth plan and begin to just pray and say, okay, God, we know church planning's coming. Where are you calling us? Uh, But really just, we wanted to be obedient and we wanted to take a step at a time And just be honest, and we didn't want to rush anything because Ruth and I knew that wherever we were going to be called to plant a church, wherever we would go, we wanted the time and space to build honest and authentic relationships, to learn a city, to learn a people, to learn a place so that we could see and figure out how the gospel intersected right where we live in context that place to which we were starting in a church. Because just frankly, just a little bit of my theology here, is the church is the outcome of a kingdom people showing up to a place, making disciples, impacting the domains of society. And the result is, is as you advance the kingdom, as you make disciples, and as you intersect with the domains of society and impact them, the result is people are saved, disciples are made and a church is birthed. And so we knew that's going to take time, that's going to take a posture of learning. And so through our growth plan and exploration at Kentucky Christian University, uh, we ended up landing and get connected with a guy George Johnson of the CEA with uh, who said, "Hey, if you remember anything at all, come over and help me." And he referenced Acts 16 and he said, hey, come help me in the Pacific Northwest. And so on that first plane ride out, Ruth and I, we looked at each other and she said, it feels like we're going to meet family and God has been faithful and provided us family just right here in the Pacific Northwest. And so we're, we're really excited about that. And there, there's some more story to that. Uh, but John, as I share that, man, how do you fit into some of these early just chapters of this story?
0: It's awesome to hear the passion behind that, you and Ruth both just coming together and just really listening to God and hearing his call and just following man. just that authentic follow of just listening where God is calling. And that's super cool to me. Um, It's crazy because around that exact same time is when I began to have this wrestle of, I began to come into this idea of where I began to hear about church planning. I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I grew up in Mega Church Central. And... I never knew much about church planning. I went to Kentucky Christian University. Didn't think I was going there at first. I was planning on going like aviation engineering. And then God said, huh, actually, I have a I have a desire for you to go into ministry. And so I go to KCU, not really sure what ministry is going to look like for me, trying to figure all that out. And I remember hearing about church planning and some of the statistics about that there are locations in the U.S., where the church is not a majority. And I'm so used to that being growing up in Kentucky, growing up in what is called the Bible Belt. And yeah, that's, that's kind of a thing. Um, it, was, it was fascinating to me because I always thought as missions, as going overseas and not here in America. Like it's crazy to think that the Northwest and the Northeast are two of the least churched areas that you can get. And so that began to kind of wrestle in my heart, and that's when I got connected with you because I was the work study in the admissions office. We got to know each other a little bit. We had a, some fun conversations, and my uh, now fiance Hannah, we, there became the, there became a joke in which if she couldn't find me or if I wasn't answering my phone, <laughs> she knew to go check Kyle's office because I was probably there. Yes. So we probably spent about an hour with each other each day just. Um, talking about life, talking about ministry, theology, Bible, and then I began to share a little bit of my passion about church planning. How I had this love for the Northwest, and you said, "Huh, there's this guy I connected with. His name's George Johnson. You should get connected with him." So I met up with him at um, ICOM International um, conference, for, on conference on mission, missions, missions in Lexington, Kentucky. Never you would heard think of that well, we would know that, but and yeah. And then he said, yep, come out to Seattle. Let's do an internship. And so I did a summer internship at two church plants in downtown Seattle. In my heart for church planning in areas in which Bible is not common. Like in Kentucky, it's a normal thing to go, hey, where do you go to church? Here, it's you, you don't ask that. No, it's You really have to find out, do you even believe in God? Like yeah. it's not just an assumption of you know God. It's – yeah, it's crazy.
1: That those questions are come at the back end of a conversation rather than on the front end. Exactly.
0: That's not what you lead with. And so some of that passion arose for me of what does it look like to be in a place where this area is just unconnected? And how do we engage them with God, engage them with the church, and get them connected? And so Hannah even began to have a similar passion. And it's funny some of the stuff you said because Hannah literally said to me, she said, wherever God calls is where we're going to go. And she said, if it's Washington, we're going. If it's New York, we're going. If it's anywhere, we're going. Like, it's wherever God calls us. And for both of us to have that just kind of solidified, just, yes, this is where God's calling us. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was super, super comforting for but us.
1: It is it is interesting to look back and see how some of those conversations I've just developed with you going to Seattle and then really in passing as we Ruth and I and the kids were moving out here you and Hannah were coming back from uh, from your summer internship and just how those conversations while they may have stopped being had in the admissions office <laughs> they continued to be had yeah. via Skype and Zoom and just bouncing ideas off each other and what's so fascinating is a lot of where generations is at today, some of the early formation, some of the content that I began to wrestle with and put down on paper of how and why we might do certain things, wasn't just in my brain and my heart. A large portion of that uh, came from conversations and the result were the result of conversations that we would have <laughs> via, via, via Zoom. As I, John, I, I'd say, John, you, you had three months out here does this make sense as you think, as I begin to think through this? And so that's what's been so fascinating is as we've gone through this journey is even before generations, the name was, was a thing. Some of the philosophy, some of the heartbeat, some of the way in which we as a young church want to be present in our community is the result of and really is the overflow of our individual stories but also of our conversations uh, that go back two, or, two or three years, yeah. and so it, it's it's pretty it's pretty remarkable to see how we are on the verge of weekly public services. And uh, we're two weeks away. Yeah, we, like, we are two weeks away, and yeah, who 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 would have pieced this together three years ago?
0: Yeah, to think three years ago, us just meeting in the admissions office in Grayson, Kentucky, in the middle of nowhere. End up here in Vancouver, Washington, launching public weekly services in less than two weeks and having a ginormous event in Gen Feats this past weekend. It is crazy, and it's only God who can write that story. And that's what's been so cool and fascinating to see, just about the friendship, relationship you and me have had. With Ruth and Hannah, like it's just—it's mm. so cool to see how God is weaving all that together.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and we're—we're we're excited to get Hannah out here. As—as—as oh, nice. as, as, as we can't wait. So Hannah, whenever you listen to this, you're being talked about right now. <laughs> we miss you. We want you here. We can't—we can't wait for it. Oh yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So let's kind of—we kind of gave them a little bit of our backstory history. Let's talk. Kind of talk about the Church of
1: Generations mm.
0: as a whole. Like how did generations become a thing? Why is it called generations? Like where does that come?
1: Yeah. Out? Well, you mentioned some of the some of the perception of the church in the Pacific Northwest and just some of the statistics that are that are present. It's you know ninety percent unchurched. It's one of the least religious cities in the U.S. And there's you know only five Bible believing churches for every ten thousand people. And so as you think through some of those statistics. Just as Ruth and I simply lived in the city, once we got here, we just tried to live and listen, and one of the the just statements that kept cropping up in conversation was revolved around the idea of God not really being present, of us being left to our own devices, or whether it's trying to solve our own problems, or uh, just who really has a... you use for God. or And even just as people would unpack and as they would share here, there was a lot of hurt and pain and suffering that was imported into some of these statements. And so one of the things as we were on the ground here is there's something special about a name. And so when we were going to name the church, we wanted it to be accurate and just really the embodiment, uh, the representation of what we were really going to be about, but also very contextual. And so for a long time, we lived here a year plus and we didn't have a name for the church. And that weighed on my heart because in all kinds of training, they'd be like, hey, what's the name of your church? And you're like, oh, we don't have a name yet. I guess we're, we're the church at Salmon Creek right now, which I guess <laughs> could have been a name, wasn't the name at the time. And just felt like we, we needed to name it something. And it was, isn't that time of just soul searching? and some quiet time with the Lord, that he brought my attention to Psalm 22. Now, what you need to know when I begin to read this passage, the only thing I knew about Psalm 22 was that it came right <laughs> before Psalm 23. Right after 21. Yeah, yeah, right after 21, right before 23. And so, as I began to read this, the first question right out the gate caught my attention. And that Psalm 22, verse 1 says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Or some translations say, why, why have you forsaken me? And I just kept thinking about the people who would say, why are you so far from my deliverance? Why are you so far from my words of ground, God, where are you? Like, why, why don't I feel your presence? Why don't I experience you? God, ha- have you forgotten us? Ha- have you... Where, just where are you as they think of their pain, their suffering? Just as they go through life, God seems absent. They can do life uninterrupted by anyone, by any Christian, by ever noticing a church. They, and so it just caught my attention. And, and I, I felt the pain of the psalmist going, verse 2, My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. And he clings to God, saying, But you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted in you, and rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you. And we're not discreet. And so you have this hope, this cling to God's prior faithfulness. And as I, as I go through the psalm, it, I'd encourage you to read it uh, when you're listening to, the, to this podcast. Pause it real quick, go back and just read it. And, and you see the psalmist go through this tension in these unideal circumstances. But what's so fascinating is that at the end of the psalm, you get to verse 27 and it says this, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of nations will bow down before you for kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules the nations. All who prosper on the earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve Him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare His righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what He has done. And so the next generation and the next and the next will be told about the Lord and what He has done. And I realized just how beautiful that was. That even in our own circumstances, even in our own just lives, when we're asking God very honestly, where are you? That simultaneously we can have a confidence, not because of our circumstances or because of we're so mighty and strong, but we can have a confidence in God because of his prior faithfulness that Mm -hmm. the next and the next generation will come to know the name of the Lord and his righteousness and what he has done. And so right there in those final verses, that's where the name Generations Church was born. The next generation and the next will be told about the Lord. And so really, as Generations Church... We want to do things in such a way, and maybe this is my idealistic (laughs) attitude, you know, perspective, maybe this is my optimism, but we want to do things in such a way that the next and the next generation will be told about the Lord. And so that that generations really to come will come to know the name of Jesus through our church. And so we don't want to be locked into a form or a model or even, even a methodology, but really we want to be locked into Jesus and allow him and his will and his way to shine through every aspect of our ministry and our mission. Yeah. And so so yeah so, so that generations to come will come to know that name of Jesus. Yeah,
0: I love that because kind of the mission and the vision all behind generations why we do everything. It boils down to the to the one sentence where every day people who are expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. And that's why we hashtag everything we say is yeah. for generations yeah. to come. Because Absolutely. we don't want this to just be a now thing for us to experience God in this moment. Yes, yeah. we want that, but we want to be able to share that. And what does it look like for us to give that to other people? Because here in this passage, you see David and he is struggling right now. He is not going through a good time. He's dealing with this persecution. He does two things that I think is foundational. One is he remembers and he see how God has acted And how God has responded and how God has cared and loved in spite of difficult times in the nation of Israel and the people Mm. before him. And then he also remembers how God has worked in his own life. He goes back and recognizes and remembers God has worked before. God redeems out of these situations. These moments are temporary because I have hope that in a God who loves, never forgets, and will work through this mm-hmm. even if I don't hear him now. Yeah. And that is what strives him to go and to say, I'm going to share this for all the generations to come. Yeah. I want everyone to remember what yeah. I remember about yeah. God.
1: Yeah. God's purpose never fails. And so yeah. in a lot of ways, we exist for generations very much so presently. Like we, we're not just a young church. We're not just an old church. We, we want to see all generations present. Yeah. Uh, know the name of the Lord, but also those generations to come. Which means uh, we we have to be crystal clear on what on being about the mission of Jesus and recognizing that that we're in this together. Like like this is not an isolated thing. And and you hear that that in our descriptive of our community, the everyday people being about God's family wanting other people to experience the goodness of God's family and in our why being Jesus with that long-term fulfillment and hope knowing it actually actually not just a hope but but having that confidence that generations to come will know the name of the Lord even when we don't see things Presently working out the way we want them to. Even even when when our own circumstances are far from ideal, uh, we can have that confidence that God's plan will come to fruition, that God's purposes will come to fruition, and that generations uh, to come, that people yet to be born will go, yes, we exist, we love, we serve, we give, we cling to. Jesus because of what he has done and and I, I know some of you may have have recognized this but that that first line of the psalm that's what Jesus quotes on the cross and I think that's what's so beautiful about the psalm is is at, at history's darkest day uh when you know that sky goes black and, and, and the thunder is there and, and everyone is like oh my goodness our our messiah the one we've been waiting for is there on the cross you know when the when everything just seems so bleak and the disciples are there and the Romans are feeling victorious and the, the Pharisees are feeling victorious and yet all Israel, their hope hangs on a cross and Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's not saying that because God has forgotten him. He's saying that that actually God hasn't forgotten his people. He's actually remembered them because of Jesus, Jesus being there on that cross. And we know that that Jesus, while he dies to atone for our sins on the cross, that he rose three days later. So he lived that perfect life, died that death that we deserve to die, and then rose victorious three days later. Time and time again to say that God has not forgotten us and he proved it in Jesus. And so whatever we're going through, whatever whatever trial we're facing, whatever health challenge, whatever uh, money situation we're in, we go back and filter that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That God hasn't forgotten us. And we, as the church, have to live out God's purpose and His will and His way, uh, just to be the embodiment of Jesus that uh, in the in the world today. yeah, that's foundational for us is we do everything
0: because of Jesus, His example. We want to live because of the example He set for yeah. us. And that's so awesome to hear. And crazy of how we've come here and we've rooted ourselves in Psalm 22 and looking at what it means to just live out this example we see and what it looks like to share that for generations to come, for the next people beyond here. Um, I think one of the things that we can kind of do to kind of close out this bigger concept of why we're church why generations Mm -hmm. everything— Tell me what's your what's been your favorite thing about Vancouver? It's so different from back home because you're from Ohio, <laughs> yeah. then went to Kentucky, and then yeah. now you're in Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. What's been your favorite thing so far? What's been something that's blown your mind just completely different?
1: Oh man, that, that's such a good question. I think um, so. How much coffee, like I drink now, is 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 um, just personally amazing to me. Uh, but what what I would say is. We shared some of those spiritual statistics earlier. the The line that I would say to answer it, just very succinctly and directly, is how open people actually are to spiritual conversations. Yeah. People that here are open if if you can be honest, if you can tell the truth, and really, if if for us, if we can just be. Be transparent. I know that seems like such a cliche word. Be authentic. Be transparent. Yeah. But, but, but really, what has caught me off guard and just such contrast and just just a good way and just one of the main differences is, growing up, you people always had the right answers. To, whether it was Bible or just morally or socially, people always feel like they they had to they could they knew the right answer to give. To anybody who's asking in any and every situation, whether it's being good or fine, or yeah, I go to church, or uh, just just yeah, this is what you're supposed to do—the shoulds and the oughts. Uh, but here, people will just tell you, yeah, today's not gone well. Uh, I or today is is gone great, and here's why. And it may be uh, something that we would deem as like a sin or not morally right or. Man, that, that seems like some screwed up ethics. But people are just honest where they're at, who they, what they're about, who they're trying to be. Yeah. And there's, there's a level uh, of me that I would just say that that is, has been refreshing. It's been wind in my sails. It, it's been really cool because God has been at work in those conversations because we know where people are. We, we know what type of conversations we're trying to have with them. And so we can have a just refreshing, honest conversation where they're at. We can be honest about what we're trying to do, about why we're doing it. And that conversation actually goes somewhere. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Please subscribe. Also, we'd love for you to share this podcast and our other social media with your family and friends. This will be a great way to hear our weekly teaching and additional conversations we're having around Generations Church. Thanks for joining us.